Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Well, I think it's helpful. You know, when you're facing a similar defense, you know, something that you have faced in camp and something that you have faced, you know, that you're familiar with, both offense and defense, you know. So I think it's better. You know, it's not as many adjustments during the course of the week. Steve Rosenblum, it's Saturday Suckage on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. Indeed, welcome back, Suckage years. We suck so you don't have to. We're broadcasting live from the Hyundai Score Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealer. Our phone number at The Score, 312-644-6767. That'll get you to our listener line powered by BetQL. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. That number... 312-644-6767. Also gets you to the Scores Tech Zone. The Tech Zone is brought to you by Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin. Save time, shop online at rosenhyundai.com. That voice you heard coming into this segment, this final hour of Saturday Suckage, which will also include the newest food craze. We'll co- talk the cultural zeitgeist. Patrick Beverly had some things to say, Chicagoan with a Chicago and Chicago attitude and some other things as we <clears throat> as we pursue sports. I will do some math, and then you'll tell me I'm wrong. But now we're going to go to the Score Hotline, presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. And welcome back to the show, Jim Schwantz. He is part of the WBBM 780 AM, our brother station, the pregame, postgame, halftime show, the broadcast Bears football. He works with... Ron Gleason and Jay Hilgenberg. He's also the mayor of Palatine. So all things are all things for Jim Schwantz. Jim, thanks for joining me this afternoon. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, Rosie. Hope you're doing well, pal. I am. I'm upright. We're both. We're healthy. We're. I'm Uma. Upright, mobile, and asymptomatic. That's, <laughs> that's right. the way I'm, I'm going. All right. So let me let me ask you what your thoughts were when you see the Bears get down to the nine inch line. What you expected what you got, what you thought about, what you heard afterwards. Well, obviously the way they got down there, you know, they started to find something in the running game. And, and uh, David Montgomery, who obviously didn't play well the first week, um, had some vision issues, I thought. Uh, obviously had a, a much, much more competitive game um, in, in week two. And so, so, of course, you're thinking of, you know, continue to feed, to feed that guy. You know, you keep a fullback on your roster – um, you've got extra tight ends. There's a lot of things you can do down at the, at the nine inch line to be able to, to be able to punch it in. Um, 
you know, the fact that they doubled down and Coach Getze afterwards, you know, coming out and saying that, you know, we had that play ready, that we, we were prepared for that, if that situation we got down there, that was our play. That's the play we were going to go with. It's a little bit uh, a little bit concerning. Obviously, uh, you know, there was a hole, and it, and it was a little bit to the inside. It's You're asking a lot of a, of a young quarterback to read that uh, on the power, quarterback power, but uh, – you know, I think I'm like a lot of the Bear fans. I, I, I'm not a big fan of the shotgun down on the one-inch line or the two-inch, three-inch line, whatever it was. Um, you know, I wasn't a fan of, of, of the, the Santa sleigh, you know, back when Coach Nagy was uh, running the, the trick plays down at the goal line. You know, there's an identity that kind of comes with a football team, and there's a few way, a few situations where you can really, truly stamp out your identity. And, and that's one, down by the goal line, um, whether that's on offense or defense, you know, what kind of toughness does your team portray and, and you hear about the hits principle you hear about you know what a lot of the uh the, the preseason stuff um the the the, the, the uh, comments coming out of training camp you know the, some of the toughest practices we've ever played had you know from veterans that have been in the league for quite some time and and you thought there was a toughness there that that was going to be that was going to be portrayed onto the field and that really truly to me rosie was the first time you had a chance to to see it manifest on the game day and it didn't happen so I'm like a lot of Bear fans, just kind of scratching my head and and kind of feel like uh, a little bit of uh, you know, we got a little bit of okie doke uh, going through the process. <laughs> I think I think those things will change, um, but but you know you, you had a chance, you know you had a chance to truly um, kind of stamp out who you're going to be for uh, for for the for the for the uh, not only for the rest of the league but for your roster, for your your locker room, for your organization. Is this going to be what you're going to kind of hang your hat on? And, uh, and it didn't happen. Jim Schwantz is my guest. You hear him on the pregame, postgame, halftime shows, WBBM 780 AM, our uh, brother station. I, I ranted earlier of the same item, the same way, Jim, but what I called it was the and one play where we know we're going to run. You know what we're going to run. You can't stop us. We're getting that yard. When you talk about an identity, this is our offensive line. We're tougher than you, bigger than you. We're getting this, even though you know what's coming. And I thought that would have been a time, like you, we agree. That would have been a time to do that, to show that play. Instead of channeling your inner naggy and pretty shiny things, what is your core and one play? That's where I would have started. Keep it simple. Closest to the, closer to the line of scrimmage. And it, it bothers me that that's the case. Do you, how will that, how might that ripple through your organization, your locker room, as you talked about, if you, if it could have given your players, your roster, your dressing room, a chance to gain confidence, we're that team, we have that kind of toughness, what might the opposite message be now? Well, I guess I guess it kind of comes down to you know if this truly was something that they have practiced down by the goal line, they got down to the six inch line, eight nine inch line, whatever, and they had run that play throughout training camp and and throughout their preparation for San Francisco and then then again for Green Bay, then then that's kind of their identity and 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 they're ready to hang their hat on that. It just it just seems odd to me that you know you really have no. Um, creativity in the passing game throughout the game, but you want to be creative and, and, and trickery more with the run. And I know that's not a trick play. I don't, don't get me wrong, but it's more of a, of a splash play um, than, than just smash mouth football. You play smash mouth football for 68 yards or 70 yards, or whatever it was to get down uh-huh. the goal line. And then, and then you all of a sudden you want to 
reach into your bag of tricks and, and kind of change it. So, you know, if, if it was something that, you know, you, you can see on the side, and unfortunately in Green Bay, I wasn't at the game. I like it when I'm in the stadium and I can kind of see how the sideline starts to react. And you see a team start kind of, uh, kind of road grading another team. All of a sudden the defense is no longer sitting on the sideline. They're getting their, their adjustments. They're standing up and they're watching because they're watching kind of the, 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 the uh, you know, the, the changing of the guard. All of a sudden you're, you're, you're starting to see, and teams know when they're, when they're pushing and, 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 and causing doubt on another sideline. And, and, and the opposite is true. You can watch on the other sideline and see teams start to kind of question whether or not, you know, they're, they're ready for, for the fight that's coming their way. I'm not saying, the Bears would have gone on to win that game, and, and maybe they would have, maybe maybe they didn't. But but when you're beat, when you're dealing with the bully on the block, and that's the other thing, Rosie. This is the team that's basically owned you, and we know you know Aaron Rodgers owns the Bears, he's <laughs> the Bears, whatever case you want to say. This is an opportunity to say, you know, put up the big middle finger, and say, no, you don't. You know, we're, we're, this is a different time, different era, different regime, different attitude, and uh, and, and we're not going to try it out tricky. We're just going to kind of pile it down your throat. And you know what? If they don't get it. Certainly, you know you, you can play the coulda, woulda, shouldas. Um, but if you're gonna if you're gonna put the ball in the hands of number number one, and he's your franchise guy, then of course maybe give him some options. Maybe uh, you know you let him use his athleticism on the edge rather than you know going between between the guard and the center. So um, so so yeah, I, I think long answer to your question, there 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 can be an opposite effect to it. Like oh man, you know what what, what are we doing? It's almost like uh, I don't want to go back too far, but it's a, it's a Marshawn Lynch play down in the goal line in the Super Bowl. You know, you, yeah. you run it down there. You got you got the best guy on the on the field standing behind the center and and uh, and Marshawn Lynch and you know you, you trust him all the way down to the one inch line and and then all of a sudden you're not going to trust him. What 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 kind of uh, what kind of doubt might that put in the in the uh, in, in the team? What you're describing was always my biggest complaint against about Matt Nagy. He didn't know the he couldn't coach the players in front of him. He couldn't coach the game in front of him. And Luke Getze showed that to me in that instance. And if that's, if it only gets better from here, that's great. If he wakes up and he realizes what he's got and he can coach the game in front of him. But I was thinking the same thing. It's like, who's your best offensive player right here, right now? And that's what I want to see them do. And they had three wide receivers on the field and they didn't give the ball to David Montgomery. I, I just, mm -hmm. I, I have reason to fear that. I also have reason yep. to fear this, this, this week, uh, Roquan Smith came yeah. up with a hip injury before that, or what you had seen, Patrick Manley was on the score this week and characterized him. He thought he looked heavy and didn't look as quick. And he certainly became a target. I mean, Packers were hitting him and locking him up. Like there was a, mm -hmm. like, like they were on commission. What did yep. you think of Roquan Smith's the, the guy who held in and, and was late to practice. And what do you think about his game in the first two weeks, his play in the first two weeks? Sure. Well, let me start by saying there, 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 there is not a better athlete uh, on the defense than Roquan. He's as good of an athlete as you can see at the linebacker position. He unfortunately is not protected anymore in, in the old defense in the middle of the line. He had Akeem Hicks. He had the, he had, uh, you know, Bilal Nichols when he was healthy, when he was wanting to play, he, he had some guys up front that kept him clean. So he could run sideline to sideline and be a tackle machine. Now, when you go to the weak side linebacker position, you're much more exposed. He, we know what he can do in, in pass coverage. He's as good a linebacker and in dropping into coverage and, and reading the ball and, and breaking on the football. He's, 
he's excellent at that. Um, you know, his interception numbers don't show it, but he's always in the right spot, forcing the quarterback to, you know, you know, go to second, third, third reads, and and he he's an excellent uh, uh, coverage linebacker. But when you start, you know, getting on the edge, it's a little bit easier, as you mentioned, to get to you. And now you're taking on blocks, and now you're having to make plays in the hole after shedding, you know, 270, 280, 290 pound men, and then go try to tackle a back that weighs 220, 225, 230 pounds. It's not the easiest thing in the world. I think you're going to find that as he continues to progress in the, in the, in the defense. And of course, as you mentioned, he held in. So he's just now getting his feet wet with regards to a new position and a new defense. Um, We'll see. We'll see if he can kind of take the next step. You know, I, I always use the, you know, the baseball analogy, the first half of the rookie, there's a book and, and maybe the rookie comes out like a Sean Dunstan and, and is a rookie of the year candidate for the first <laughs> half of the year. And then they figure him out. They find the holes in your swing. It's a chess game. You got to, you, he's going to have to, he's going to have to go back to the film room, watch every play of the first two, two weeks. What's he doing? Well, what's he not doing? Well, and if he, and if he is able to answer the bell tomorrow, then you know that the, uh, the, the Texans are going to have a plan for him because the league is is relentless when it comes to these things. If there's something on film that can be exploited, the assassins that run the other organization are going to make sure that they're going to continue to go at that. This isn't, you know, uh, high school where you know I've got 200 plays in my playbook and I got to run all 200 plays. I'll run 16 plays if it's the 16 plays that expose what you don't do well defensively. And if if Roquan is not able to hold up his end of the bargain at that uh, weak side linebacker position, then I have a feeling they're going to be running in him. And, oh, by the way, if he can't play tomorrow, his backup, who obviously is not as good as Roquan or he'd be starting, is uh, is the one they're going to test as well. And he's hurt, yeah. And then Jack's, it's the Jack Sanborn game. That's it. This yep. is when he becomes yeah. a, a national MVP candidate. <laughs> when sure. when evaluating this defense, we saw it enough with Lovey. It's something familiar to Bears fans. I thought – it was just terrific with Jalen Johnson. I mean, the first first drive of last week's game, and I know it was in a monsoon, but Jalen Johnson with a peanut punch and Jaquan mm-hmm. Brisker, much as expected of him. We've seen that. That looks familiar. It is what has been preached by the coach. One of the most important things about this kind of defense, and with Lovey coming to town, Tommy Harris made this defense. I, I, I Not to overlook Brian Urlacher, who was doing incredible things that he's a linebacker who could run 40 down 40 yards downfield and take the tight ends out of the play completely. But when you start the guy closest to the ball was the most important part of it. So how would you assess the bears success ability right there, right over center, right in the defensive tackle, either the pressure or the ability to close, stop the run? Well, obviously it wasn't on display last week, and that's that's the concerning thing about this thing is if you're going to run a two-shell defense, they're going to run the football at you until and force you out of it. If they see two high safeties, you see an offensive quarterback or the offensive teams run the line of scrimmage, and if they see two high safeties, you'll see the quarterback put the like the two muffs on his ear, so kind of muff over. That's their checking to the second play in, in, in that was called in the huddle. Nine times out of ten, that's a running play. So they see two high safeties are going to run the football. So if you are unable to get them out of that run defense or, or uh, run mode, first mode, with your two high safeties, you're going to see it all day long, and that's what the Packers did. The Packers just continued 
to run the football, and, and the Bears had really no answer for it. So, you know, while you've got your D-line, you know, the first week, Dominique with a couple of uh, – uh, with a sack and a half or whatever it was, a forced fumble, you know, in the passing game, you've got uh, Travis Gibson, I thought, played very well against the Packers with a couple of sacks. Um, you know, uh, uh, Robert Quinn had a sack. I, I would have loved to have seen him do the tomahawk chop and try to get that ball out when he had, uh, when he, when he had the sack on uh, Aaron Rodgers. But – but to answer your question, no, it's, it's got to be a lot better. And you have to tackle better. You know, it's it, the hallmark of a Lovey Smith defense back in the old days. Um, of course, as you mentioned, Tommy Harris, the guys up front, Erlacher, Briggs. And then, of course, you get to the second level of Mike Brown and, and Peanut and those guys. Um, they were very, very strong up the middle, like a very good defense in, in baseball. you got to be strong mm-hmm. up the middle. And, and, uh, and, it, and it did not show. You know, the, the Packers came out and, and really had no real regard. And you, you really got – Aaron Rodgers on a bad night. I mean, he threw a couple of very errant passes to start the game. He's still not in sync with his receivers. So you knew they were going to try to run the football. I think every prognosticator talked about it going into the game and, and the Bears unable to uh, to get those guys uh, to, to down to the ground. It was, you know, a lot of it was guys were getting pushed around and then, and then a lot of missed tackles. And, uh, you know, when you start talking about the hits principle and running the football and being, you know, 11 guys to the football and, and the loaf uh, thing that they're starting now, um, I got to imagine that was a very uncomfortable film to watch when the Bears were able to break it down on Monday. Well, it was uncomfortable live, too, so join the crowd. Jim, before <laughs> I let you go, as the mayor of Palatine in your, <clears throat> in your other life, and the Bears made their presentation and they showed off the pretty pictures and they answered questions, as, a neighbor, as the mayor of a neighboring community, what, did you, what, what was the biggest I don't know, positive you walked away with, and what's the biggest question you walked away with? Well, of course, the positive is, is you know, anytime something like that comes out to the suburbs, it's the whole, you know, the, 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 the tide raises all boats kind of a thing. And, and it's going to be good economically for, for all of us here in the region. There's, there's no doubt about that. But, of course, the negative is always going to be, you know, what's it going to do to your infrastructure? And, you know, the main way for somebody from the north to get to uh, – to get to this game is, you know, come right down Northwest Highway, Route 14, which, um, you know, is, is, is a four-lane road and really probably not ready for the type of traffic we might see from the North Shore. You're going to be coming down Lake Cook Road or Palatine Road. So we've got some concerns. We've got some big-time concerns with what the infrastructure, uh, what's going to do to our infrastructure. We've raised that with, with the management for the Chicago Bears, their understanding. I think, um, you know, the big thing I always come away with is that every time one question is answered, two or three more pop up. So you know, this, is a, this is a long process. You know, the, the, I, use a, I use the term, the Bears have the football, they're on their own 30-yard line. That's about where it's at right now. they got 70 yards to go. They haven't even crossed midfield yet. So this is a long slog going to be, be coming at us. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of questions that need to be answered, a lot of organizations, a lot of governmental bodies that need to be uh, satisfied throughout the process. I've uh, I've told people there's four governmental bodies that have to come together on this. And you're talking the state of Illinois where you can't get one to come together, but you've got IDOT because of Route 53, and you've got obviously Route 14, as I mentioned. You've got the county who controls Euclid Avenue, which is on the border of, of, the, uh, of the property. You've got, of course, the city of Arlington Heights that's got a huge say in this. And the one that people don't think about is uh, the Midwest Water Reclamation District, or MWRD, and when they put all that impervious surface on that property, they're going to have to move that water somewhere and not into the neighborhood. So there's a lot of uh, a lot of things that have to come together here before. Uh, and of course, the Bears haven't closed on the property yet. So um, this is a lot. This is many years in the uh, in, in the future, but 
Um, the fact of the matter is the Bears have done an, ex- an outstanding job, the organization, of really reaching out to the stakeholders and, and bringing them to the table, which has been, which has been uh, uh, you know, welcoming by, uh, by, by a city like Palatine to be able to, to uh, be involved in those conversations. One I didn't understand when they talked about all these numbers was office space. Yeah. Nobody's going to the office. If they're going to the office now, they're forced to just go to the office and because it's a sunk cost and some companies are idiots and, and forcing people to be angry about it. I don't know that there's going to be a demand for office space. Do you, is, is this just an anecdotal guess on my part, or have you seen actual numbers where office space, say in Palatine or in the local areas, that might be wildly overstated, the need for which? Yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, I think the rendering and the discussion is, is all a fluid thing. I think, uh, you know, who knows where this will be in, a, you know, four, five, six years or whatever when they're really starting to go to town and develop the property. You know, I can only tell you what, what Metro is telling us with regards to commuters. You know, they, we might see it get to 70 to 75 percent of what the commuters were at the height of, of, of when people were commuting. And that's that's, you know, those are some of the long range numbers that that, you know, that Metro is looking at with regards to people going into the city as I talk about, you know, parking and stuff in our deck. For, uh, uh, for the for the, for the Palatine train stop, so you know we're not even close to those numbers right now. I mean, we're we're talking um, you know ridiculously low numbers of people still commuting into the into the city mm-hmm. for uh, for those office spaces you're talking about. So I have a feeling uh, everything is 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 to be determined. You know, the one thing I did like on the rendering, of course, is you know the where the uh, where the stadium is located, the parking, of course, and then uh, I think it's going to be cool that eventually the, the Bears will hopefully. Uh, uh, have a Hall of Fame and no longer just tell tell their fans if you want to see the Hall of Fame you got to go to Canton because we have the most players in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> it was time for the Bears to you know to step up and uh, and and have a Hall of Fame like uh, like what the, our neighbors to the north have and and uh, something that the uh, the fans can go to year round and, and, and be proud of and be able to go in and see see the history of the greatest uh, you know franchise in the National Football League. Let's let's take a look at you know the history and not have to drive to Canton, Ohio to see it. And how much will you charge people to park on your front lawn in Palatine for a Bears game? Have <laughs> I, uh, you established I'm, that? Uh, I'm a little ways away, Rosie. If if you're having to park in my in my front yard, you're uh, you're, you're going to have quite uh, planes, trains, and automobiles uh, to, <laughs> to Soldier Field. <laughs> All right, Jim. Thanks for your time. I appreciate it. Thanks for playing our no game, Jim. No worries, All guys. Right. Have a good have, have a nice day, Rosie. Thanks, Jim Schwantz, Mayor of Palatine, and also a uh, Super Bowl winning player with the Dallas Cowboys in the 90s and a the mayor of Palatine, as I said, and a uh, member of the WBBM 780 AM broadcast team, pregame, postgame, halftime. So there you go. We get the mayor's standpoint the uh, of a neighboring city of Allington Heights and get a guy who's looking and watching going, ooh, I see problems. Okay, this is, um, I got it. We got to discuss cultural zeitgeist. I'm going to bring you the newest food craze. We can discuss that. I'm going to bring you an anniversary of a terrific rant, and we will compare rants. Taylor Swift broke up with the NFL, and the best story I read this week. We'll do all that before I get out of here at 2 o'clock, before ahead of Bears All Access. Saturday Suckage. Thank you, Suckageers. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. For me, I'm a man. I'm 40. Steve Rosenblum. It's Saturday Suckage on 670 The Score. 
in Odyssey Station. That was part of a famous rant 15 years ago Thursday on Gundy, Oklahoma State. So we all love a good rant, and we think we have the best in Chicago. So we're going to compare and contrast. 15 years ago Thursday, this was the full Mike Gundy rant. If anybody hasn't read this article, I don't read it. This was brought to me by a mother of children. I think this is worth reading. Let me tell you why I'm going to talk about this article. Three-fourths of this is inaccurate. It's fiction. And this article embarrasses me to be involved with athletics tremendously. And that article had to have been written by a person that doesn't have a child and has never had a child that's had their heart broken and come home upset and had to deal with the child when he is upset and kick a person when he's down. Here's all that kid did. He goes to class. He's respectful to the media. He's respectful to the public. And he's a good kid. And he's not a professional athlete. And he doesn't deserve to be kicked when he's down. If you have a child someday, you'll understand how it feels. But you obviously don't have a child. I do. If your child goes down the street and somebody makes fun of him because he dropped a pass in a pickup game or says he's fat and he comes home crying to his mom, you'd understand. But you haven't had that. But someday you will. And when your child comes home, you'll understand. If you want to go after an athlete, one of my athletes, you go after one that doesn't do the right things. You don't downgrade him because he does everything right and may not play as well on Saturday. And you let us make that decision. That's why I don't read the newspaper. Because it's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. Attacking an amateur athlete for doing everything right. And then you want to write articles about guys that don't do things right and downgrade them, the ones that do make plays. Are you kidding me? Where are we at in society today? Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. I'm not a, I'm not a kid. Write something about me or our coaches. Don't write about a kid that does everything right, that's heart's broken, and then say that the coaches said he was scared. That ain't true. And then to say that we made that decision because Donovan Woods, because he threatened to transfer, that's not true. So get your facts straight. And I hope someday you have a child and somebody be downgrades them and belittles them and you have to look them in the eye and say, you know what, it's okay. They're supposed to be mature adults, but they're really not. Who's the kid here? Who's the kid here? Are you kidding me? That's all I got to say. Makes me want to puke. <laughs> Mike Gundy, Oklahoma State. So, Mike Gundy is now 55. He's a man. He's an AARP man now. <laughs> that was 15 years ago Thursday. So there's that rant. That's Oklahoma State's rant. And we have our legendary rant gathered by legendary Grobber. Les Grobstein captured this, Lee Elia, on 
fans booing the Cubs in Wrigley Field. I'll tell you one thing. I hope we get hotter just to stuff it up them 3,000 people that show up every day. Because if they're the real Chicago fans, they can kiss my ass right downtown and print it. They're really, really behind you around here. My ass. What am I supposed to do? Go out there and let my players get destroyed every day and be quiet about it for the nickel-dime people that show up? The don't even work. That's why they're out at the game. They only go out and get a job and find out what it's like to go out there and earn a living. 85% of the world's working. The other 15 come out here. Playground for the Rip them. Rip them. Like the players. Got guys busting their ass and other people boo. And that's because my ass. They talk about the great support that the players get around here. I haven't seen it this year. The name of the game is hit the ball, catch the ball, and get the job done. Right now, we have more losses than we have wins. The changes that have happened in the Cub organization are multifold. All right, they don't show because we're 5-14. and 14. And unfortunately, that's the criteria of them dumb 15 percent that come out to date baseball. The other 85 percent are earning a living. It'll take more than a 5-13 and 13 or 5-14 and 14 to destroy the makeup of this club. I'll guarantee you that. There's some pros out there that want to play this game. But you're stuck in a stigma of the Dodgers and the Phillies and the Cardinals and all that cheap All these editorials about say and uh, the Phillyitis and all that that is sickening. It's unbelievable. It really is. It's a disheartening situation we're in right now. 5 and 14 doesn't negate all that work. You've got 143 games left. What I'm trying to say is don't rip them guys out there. Rip me. If you want to rip somebody, rip my ass. But don't rip them guys because they're giving everything they can give. But once we hit that groove, it'll flow. And it will flow. The talent's there. I don't know how to make it any clearer to you. I'm frustrated. I'll guarantee you I'm frustrated. It'd be different if I walked in this room every day at 8.30 and saw a bunch of guys who didn't give a They give a And it's a tough National League East. Lee Ilya, A15 texter, Sky Point Grobber. Yeah, you got that. So there you go. If you're com- going to compare and contrast, then... Mike Gundy, nice, good, good rant, you know, as rants go. But clearly it's an amateur, it's a, it's an amateur act. You, there was no cursing. You heard all the bleeps and <laughs> just leave it to the pros, Mike Gundy. Leave it to the pros. <laughs> That's great. All right, so we did our, our rant thing. We're going to venture into another part of the cultural zeitgeist. The food craze you won't be able to get away from. And the best story I read this week, before we get out of here at 2 o'clock, Bears Acts, All Access follows me on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. 
Steve Rosenblum. It's Saturday Suckage on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. Indeed it is. Saturday Suckage up to 2 o'clock. Bears All Access follows me on The Score. So as far as you Super Bowl watchers, Taylor Swift broke up with the NFL. She's broken up with anybody else. I guess the NFL was the only one left. She has declined, according to TMZ, she has declined to perform at the Super Bowl halftime show. She is waiting until she has re-recorded all six of her albums, as we all do. We're all re-recording them. But nonetheless, even without Taylor there, Tay-Tay, without disappointing all the Swifties, we're still going to boogie, oogie, oogie till we just can't boogie no more. See, I'm not lying to you. That's the way it's going to be. Saturday, boogie, oogie, oogie. And you're going to boogie, oogie, oogie right into Rosh Hashanah on Monday. Sunday night into Monday. Okay, so the newest food craze. Caesar, get a load of this. We may have to run this later on by Jay Zawaski, a member of the I'm Fat podcast. You know how, like, charcuterie and fromage boards? You know, charcuterie boards. And they have fromage. They have, there's your meat. There's your cheese. There's your... You're maybe a dip in some veggies and fruits, right? Isn't that what you're used to at these, now that we can gather again, that we will be gathering again, right, Cesar? Cesar Perez, my producer. Are you using the fancy word for a veggie tray right now? Is that what's going on? No, no, no. It's meat. It's meat. It's aged meat. It's encased meat. The newest thing is this. Not a charcuterie board. It is a butter board. It went viral on Tic Tac, on Tic Tac, oh my God. Boy, do I sound like a 66-year-old man. Tic Tac, a butterboard hashtag has racked up 19.9 billion views. And the For You page recently showed the the recipe developer, Justine Doiron, posted her first butterboard, Justine underscore snacks, and then everything went haywire. You let butter come to food to room temperature, and then you smear it all over the board, as one does. You can make squiggly things, almost like you're icing a cake, for those of you familiar with that. And you smother the, the cake, you cover it, smother it, squiggle it, you're making your butterboard and then you do whatever you want to it you can throw some herbs on there maybe some lemon zest maybe some red onions or shallots maybe other toppings that you happen to like that are that that fall easily in there maybe you want it crunchy you can throw some croutons on there and then you can cut up some veggies or my particular favorite crusty bread and just swipe it right through the butterboard. That is what you will probably see. If you haven't seen it on TikTok already, you will see it coming to a party near you soon. I guarantee it. Caesar, what do you think of the butterboard idea? What do you think the number one reaction to it was? 
All that keeps going through my head is all the different type of flavor butters you can have, right? Like a garlic butter or like, a, you know, that's the first one, obviously, is the most common one. But then I'm, I'm trying to think in my head, what else would you be able to flavor butter with that would make that just well, that much better? But every kind of seasoning there is. You could use salt and pepper for starters. And then if you wanted to add, you know, like a Cuban citrus, if you wanted to add a... a um, like as a tar, if you wanted to add just oregano, you wanted some Italian seasonings. And then there's you, there's so many things that you could dip in butter, right? I'm trying to think now, like what wouldn't everything, you dip? Like, what exactly, could, what right? wouldn't you dip in butter? It's the most basic comfort food there is, bread and butter, I think, for me. And now everybody who's who's reacting to this, who doesn't like it, because then, then you could put, you know what would be really good on this? If you put butter in the herbs and whatever else you're putting on it, you would then put like balsamic vinegar. It's a really nice taste. But everybody's worried about the double dippers. As is always Every the case when you have a, a, a bowl that everybody's dipping food in, right? Right. You know, you got to trust people to just don't double dip. Don't pre-write your bread. You, you just, that's it. One swipe. Yeah. Or have everyone so, have their own personal mini bowls away from the actual bowl of butter. Does that make sense? No, we make the butter board. By the way, 847 texture. Hello, boys. You're missing out the biggest one. THC butter. Bro, you know I'm Sam Todd out in Antioch in Wake and Bake Club original. Of course. You can have a you can have a Wake and Bake Club butter. Oh my God, how did we miss that? I like the other text as well, cinnamon and sugar from a 773. I've never thought of combining those with butter. That sounds pretty good. But I'm know? telling you this. Remember, you know, Saturday Suckage. Saturday Suckage is bringing it to you. This is the newest food craze. Here we are, so be prepared for it. And good morning to Wake and Bake Butterboards. All right, here's the best story I read this week. It comes from the Illinois State University News Office. It's a shame we didn't have Grody on. I hope he's feeling better. We, we wanted Grody on. I wanted to run this by him. Redbird Hall of Famer. Same for Chris Ranji. And we know that the, the NCAA, it's sanctimonious frauds in, in, who run the NCAA, and all of the, the universities that are despicable people, the cesspool that college sports is, finally were forced to give student-athletes the chance to earn money, name, image, likeness, the NIL money. So now it's become a way to recruit people. We, we, we heard Nick Saban whine about it and, and then Texas A&M respond and, and it's yet become another way that they're buying their athletes. Fine. They're pro athletes anyways. They should be paid. They deserve more of this than the NCAA. Don't give me that crap about the education. The education is this NCAA. They learned how to go to court and beat your sorry ass. So the sanctimonious frauds who run the NCAA are forced to turn over money, are forced to allow students to earn money, name, image, likeness. And many have. I mean, if you're in Alabama, you lock up the quarterback. You know, almost any place you lock up. The Texas, you lock up the quarterback until he gets hurt. Then you lock up the next quarterback. You're a car dealership, whatever you are. And you pay them money and they're allowed to earn money while they're competing in amateur athletics at the college level. And that's the way it works. And then there is Kobe Rios, 
Never heard of him. I'd never heard of him. I know you never heard of him. Shout out to the Redbirds, though. He's a member of the Illinois State University football team. Boy, is he a member of this team. He's six foot six. He weighs 320 pounds. He decided to make t-shirts. And Illinois State's athletics comprehensive NIL program is called Visualize, which was launched this summer. And it's to meet the needs of providing education, professional development, community engagement for Redbird student athletes. So instead of the money grab, Rios, who's a junior offensive lineman, transferred last year from Iowa Western Community College, saw a way to help others. He designed some merchandise in the form of T-shirts and hoodies inspired by his own distinct look. And this is a look at six foot eight at 320 pounds with a man bun and a beard, a, a dark beard and a dark man bun. And then he's got Randy Macho Man Savage sunglasses on. And he's put that image on a T-shirt. You'd wear it. It's really cool, especially around Bloomington. And he could probably make some, some money off that. I don't know how much there is. You're right. On the back, there'd be 76. That's his number. He donates all the proceeds to a local nonprofit. The nonprofit is called Western Avenue Community Center. It's in Bloomington. He said he liked the organization for its mission, helping local youth and for its support of Illinois State athletic programs. The online store has done well, recently opened with its inventory replenished with new merchandise. This is a guy given back to the community, literally. He said, I could see all over social media that people were using NIL to make themselves look cool. I decided to switch it up and do something for a good cause instead of clout. His name is Kobe Rios. Remember that. He's good people. Illinois State, you're good people. I think this is tremendous. Best story I read this week. Six foot eight, 320 pounds. And he's got a man bun and a beard and Randy Macho Man Savage sunglasses. They're orange. They're red. It's great. So anyways, I wanted to share that with you. So that you, you've now wandered through part of the cultural zeitgeist, and that is what I determined was the best story I read this week. It's a man who was brought up right. The man who was brought up and, and is given back when he has a chance. So I want to thank everybody who showed up today, Studzinski and Meatballs. He could learn something from the Lee Elia rant, don't you think? You should send that to him, Caesar. Caesar Perez. He's the one who produced this epic. Mark Gonzalez, contributor to the Sun-Times, joined us, deluxe baseball guest. Cody Westerlin, talking bulls, whatever they're going to be. Jim Schwantz, Mayor Palatine, WBBM, 780 AM, Bears, pregame, postgame, halftime show, talking Bears. Saturday, second years, thank you for listening and bearing with me and participating and however you did it. Bears All Access is next. Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. It wouldn't have been possible if we weren't here to be told how much we suck. So kudos to you guys for sucking as bad as we do.
Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.